Thank you for joining me here on Apostolic Fire. This is Apostle Kathy Coppola, and I am here to teach you how to walk on fire in the Lord, how to walk in your rightful calling, how to lay your hands upon the sick and see them recover, how to cast out demons, how to live on fire and impart that which has been imparted into you. And don't forget, I love to hear your feedback. Send me an email, kathycoppola at gmail.com. Or go right to my website, kathycopola.org. Let me know what has God done in your life since listening to Apostolic Fire. We must sit by the wells of salvation. We don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Jesus did not stand in the pathway of sinners. We are not to stand in the pathway of sinners. We are not to get our counsel by those that are mockers. Jesus did not do any of He was tired. Sat by the well. The best thing you can do when you're tired is to sit by the wells of salvation. You can sit by, by Jesus, who is the well, the water of life. What well are you drinking from? What well are you drinking from? You know, in the stillness of God's presence, he still speaks. Sometimes you don't hear the voice of God. You know, you're not hearing sometimes. You don't think that you hear. But in the stillness of God's presence, God is still speaking. Even God's silence still speaks. You know, you can sit in silence in his presence and not hear a thing, but receive everything from him. Depending on where you are at in your walk, and, and really it's about seasons, ebb and flow. You can be in his presence completely quiet, not hearing a thing. But because you're in his presence, you are receiving everything from him. In the stillness of his presence, he fills you. He says, be still and know that I am God. Right? And so there is no empty space in God. John 3, 2, I'll read it to you first, but I'm going to start in verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. Say, say, he came by night. He didn't want to come in the day. He came by night when it was not so obvious. And he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. <laughs> Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs that you are doing if God were not with you. See, there must always be a recognition of position and God's appointment before they before there can be before there can be the provision you cannot receive from an individual unless you believe and honor the one that god sent remember that you cannot receive nicodemus positioned himself and said i believe that you are who you say you are you cannot you cannot you cannot receive 
from an individual unless you have positioned yourself to honor and to believe that that individual has been truly sent by God. You have got a lot of people that try to receive from people, but there's absolutely no honor. There is no honor amongst thieves. Don't think that you can go and steal something and lack honor and lack belief. Do you ever wonder why some people receive so much and others don't? Check your own heart. Do you ever wonder why some people receive so much and then others just check your own heart? In the spiritual realm, do you know what you carry, at least in part? Okay. I know what I carry. Do you know what you carry? Okay. At least in part, right? God's always adding more, right? I always tell you nobody's arrived, but God's always adding. But when you know what you carry, don't you want to bless other people and help other people with it? Right? Have you never noticed when you try to pray for somebody, if there is something against, if they have something against you, whether it's an offense or whether there is some kind of a hardness of heart, unbelief, ridicule, whatever it might be, they won't receive anything most of the time. They won't. Those who receive their miracle, even tonight, receive because they come with an expectation of honor and belief, knowing that God has chosen this church and specifically has chosen me to walk and to teach and to disciple. That is so, so critically important that you hear this. Let every ear hear the truth and any place where you have heard something contrary to that. Let that fall to the ground and bear no fruit. The fruit is what God puts within you and it's going to remain good fruit, right? It's a principle of honor. What you sow is what you reap. Some people will, you can say it that way too. That's scripture. So I want you to see the connection between honor and provision. There was a great wedding. You're all familiar with this wedding, but at this wedding, the provision was lacking. The first miracle, according to the Gospel of John, where he revealed his glory and his disciples believed on him. You are disciples. means you're students. Say, I'm a student. A trainee. Disciples are meant, they're, they're mentored by their mentor, right? No disciple will follow a teacher unless he believes in that teacher. You're not going to follow somebody that you don't believe has the spirit of God on them. You're not going to follow somebody, at least you shouldn't. You're not going to follow somebody that you do not believe walks up rightly. At least you shouldn't, right? You wouldn't even be here in this church or listening if you did not believe that God has appointed me to this position and has given me his stamp of approval. You wouldn't even be here. You would absolutely not be here if you did not believe that God chooses, God elects, and then God places over bodies of people that which he has called into position. Is that not true? And so in this story that we're going to read that you are all very familiar with, the wedding, you know this, the wedding of Cana, right? John chapter 2, you're going to see how Mary already knew, well, she knew from birth, uh, you know, who she was carrying. And Mary honored, and when she honored position, then provision came. Now we're going to go to John chapter 2. Go to John chapter 2. Because there was a great wedding, but the provision was lacking. Until, say until. 
honor was established. Verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. She completely disregarded what he said and said, Whatever he says, just do it. Who did she tell? She told the servants, those that were assigned to actually work at the wedding. They were supposed to take care of things. They were supposed to provide for things. Things. They're at a wedding, but there is a lack of provision. And Mary turns to Jesus. What? And she says, go, you know, they don't have what they need. They don't have the provision. They don't have the wine. And he says, what do you want me to do about it? And she disregards what he says, not because she was being rude or inconsiderate, but she disregards what he says because she understood the principle of honor. She understood. She already honored him. She already knew who he was. Do you know who's sitting next to you? She already knew who he was. When you know who's sitting next to you and the gift that God has placed right beside you, when, he, when you know that gift and you honor that gift, you'll be able to receive from that gift. And when you don't, you won't. So she says, she listens to his comment. My hour has not yet come. And she's like, I know who you are. I know what I, I know what God's put in you. I know what I carried. I know the I remember the angel's voice. Yeah, right. Uh-huh, sure. Go and do whatever he tells you to do. Jesus didn't say he was going to do anything, but she says, go and do what he tells you to do. And then you, we know what happened. There were six water pots there, right? Six water pots were there. Jesus just turns and he says, all right, go ahead and fill them up with water. Go ahead and fill them up. Just get them all filled up with water. And they filled them to the brim. Isn't it good that they filled them to the brim? Isn't it good that they didn't stop halfway? Isn't it good that they took all the pots that were available and they didn't stop at one or two or three? They said, oh, no, we're going to go for it all. If there's six here, we're going to fill them all. We're going to fill them all with water because we believe one thing. Because Mary said there's something in this man. There is something in this man. I'm going to honor this man, and there's going to be a provision that's going to come about. Remember the wedding ran out of wine but when it ran out of wine jesus is the provision and he filled that wedding with not just any kind of wine but the best kind of wine he saved the best for last right save the best for last she fill, they fill it to the brim and then he says this draw some out they, they fill it to the brim, draw some out. It was in the drawing of the water that the miracle happened. It was in the drawing of the water that then it turned to wine. When you draw on the living water, the living water that was water turns to wine. The ordinary goes to extraordinary. When you let the spirit of the living God draw from you, are you drawing from the well? Are you drawing from the right well? Are you drawing from the wells of life? Are you drawing from the wells of salvation? Are you drawing from the right place? Draw from Jesus. Because when you draw, they drew from this water. And because Mary honored this man, provision surfaced miraculously. The provision 
was there because the honor and belief preceded it. Isn't that powerful? See, faith without corresponding action does not perform. There was a corresponding action before faith actually took place. Once honor was established, the provision was available. Provision is available. In this house, provision is available. Once honor is established, provision is available. And I mean any form of provision. I don't mean just financial provision. I mean any and all forms of provision. We serve a God who, who what? He supplies all of your needs according to his glory, his riches. He supplies all of your needs. Yeah, abundantly, abundantly. Not just financially, but in every way, in every way. He's so good. Are we all following still? Yes? How many of you have a need? How many of you have a need? Yeah, whether it's financial or, or something else. But you know what? God has positioned you in a body, in a body, in a church, where there is no unbelief. There is no lack or doubt. In other words, I believe that God opens up the heavens in this place. I believe that when we come and we worship and we give him our all, literally the heavens open up and anything that we have need of, God has already provided it. Now, when you come with this attitude of belief and honor, say it with me, belief and honor, the provision is apparent because belief and honor makes way for God's provision. Belief in, the, in Jesus, belief in his way, belief in the one God sent. I've heard people say, well, I believe in Jesus. In other words, they're dissing you. I believe in Jesus. Well, so do we. But when you don't believe in the vessel God has sent, you are limiting and shortchanging yourself in what you can receive. God is prevailing in your life. And it's important that we sit in the presence of the king, the right place, and not outside of his will. So God wants to fill us up to the brim with his living water, and then he wants to pour us out. He wants to fill us up to the brim, but then he wants to pour us out. Say, say, fill me up, Lord, and then pour me out. Fill me up and then pour me out. See, when God starts to, when God starts to pour you out, that's when he shows you that he, re, he, he actually saved the best for last. See, he starts to pour you out, and you thought the well was just about ready to run dry, and then all of a sudden, you see the depths of who you are. You see the depths of who he is. You see him in the complete sovereignty and his complete power moving through you. But you had to first let him pour you out. But you had to first let him fill you up. See how it goes? You had to first let him fill you up. Then you had to let him pour you out before you saw the ordinary turn to extraordinary. You will never run dry as long as you stay in the love of God. You stay close to him. You keep yourself in the love of God. You keep yourself close to Jesus. You will never run dry. Your well will never run dry, right? Amen? It's going to be in that overflow. That's right. So we keep ourselves in the love of God. So, But do you know where to sit? Do you know where to sit? The Lord says, tell, ask them if they know where to sit. So you're getting filled up, you're getting poured out. You're getting filled up, you're getting poured out. You understand about honor. You understand about belief. You understand that provision is available when there's honor and belief. Getting filled up, you're getting poured out. But do you know where to sit? At his feet. I'm hearing at his feet. At his throne, at his presence. All good answers. Jesus had to sit too. 
Jesus was tired. <gasps> Did she say Jesus was tired? He was tired. Let's read John 4, 6. This is the Samaritan woman meets her Messiah. It says, Jacob's well. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat by the well. He sat by this well, and it was about the sixth hour, about noon, when the Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Jesus was there. He was weary from the journey, and therefore he sat. He sat by the well. He did not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He sat by the well. In Psalms 1, verse 1, verse 2, it says, Our delight is in the law of the Lord, right? And on this law we meditate day and night. Jesus sat by the well. Say, Jesus sat by the well. Jacob's well. Jacob's well. Jacob or supplanter, as his name was changed to Israel because he demonstrated, listen to this, he demonstrated that he was willing to let God prevail in his life. So his name was changed from one to another. It went from Jacob or supplanter to Israel because he, he fought with God, he wrestled with God, and he was changed as one who fought, but yet he let God prevail. Are you letting God prevail? It wasn't just any well. He didn't just sit by any well. He didn't sit by the well of misery. He didn't sit by the well of disgust and complaint. He didn't sit by the well of division. He didn't sit by the well of gossip. He didn't sit by the well of negativity. He sat, he sat where? By the well, Jacob's well, where God prevails. He sat by the well where God prevails. Israel, who wrestles with God, let God prevail in him. He let God prevail in him. Jesus sat by the well of life, Jacob's well, where the Samaritans came to receive their life-giving source, and he became their life-giving source. Jesus literally became their life-giving source as this woman went and told about this man that knew everything she had gone through. And she went and told, and she was an evangelist, and they believed. What? I thought the Jews and the Samaritans didn't stand. They couldn't stand each other. What about all the animosity? Jesus came, and he was the healer. Jesus came, and he was the one that, that took that division and said, I'm going to bring that healing. I'm going to be that bridge so that you will not let the division that man has put in your life, that the enemy has put in your life, you will not let it stay. Instead, you're going to make sure that you let me, Jesus, be that, that bridge to bridge the two to become one. Amen? Isn't that true? She came. Because she had, the Samaritan woman came to the well because she had a job to do, but she, she sees Jesus there. So what are you doing there? Give me some water. Give me a drink. You have nothing to drink with. You have nothing to draw water with. How do you expect me to give you something to drink? And by the way, we're Samaritans and you're Jewish. Like, what are you doing even talking to me? And Jesus turns the whole table around and says, 
I have some water that you know nothing of. But the water that I carry is the water of life. The water that I carry is the water that you're never going to thirst again. It is the water of life. Jesus is telling her about salvation of what she really needs. She receives. She goes out and tells other people. And Jesus, instead of being this vessel of which there was such animosity, literally becomes her life-giving source. Amen. He literally becomes her life-giving source and not just her, but also for her people in that town. It's powerful what happened. Jesus turned it around. He turned it around. The true water of life. Jesus is the true water of life. Say amen if you believe that. And the only well unto everlasting life. Hallelujah. See, if you are weary from the journey, any journey you may be on, you sit by the well. See, I'm sitting by the well. The well of prevailing sustenance. The well of prevailing power. The well of prevailing life-giving abundance. Yeah. He never, ever promises you emptiness. You know, they said, she says, you have nothing to draw with, and that well is deep. But it's not empty. God wants you to be deep. He wants you to dig deep. He wants you to dig deep into his word. He wants you to live in a way that you say, Lord, show me the truth. Lord, go deeper with me. Lord, I want to be spent for you. How many times have you prayed that prayer? In other words, Lord, I know you're like, Put on her happy face. Put on her church face. The depths of God's presence. It's the depths of who he is. There's pain, but there's joy. Everlasting joy. The pain that you experience doesn't compare to the joy of his presence. So you walk through some difficulties. Everybody does. But when you can learn to walk through the difficulties knowing that you're going to stay right by that well, you're going to continue to drink from that well, you're going to take drinks, you're going to drink deep from that well, and that well fills you up until you become that well of life, a life-giving source for other people. People want to be that life-giving source for other people, but they don't want to go through the process of what it requires. They just want someone to lay hands. Come on, come on, come on. Just maybe the impartation. Just lay hands on me. Just lay hands on me. You know, but it doesn't really work that way. I mean, I believe in impartation, but for the depths of what I'm talking about, the depths of what I'm talking about, about your character, about your real true solid growth and walk in him, we get to walk just like I'm doing one step after the next and one step after the next. The whole time just saying, Jesus, I love you. I'm grateful. No matter what. No matter what. So maybe your problem didn't disappear after you got, a pr after you got prayer. Maybe your problem doesn't, didn't disappear, you know, after one day, two days, three days, three weeks, three years, five years, ten years. 11 years, 12 years. Come on. What if, what if you were like some of the old fathers of the faith and they had to wait 20 years, 25 years? Uh, would you do it? Would you wait? And would you wait in gratitude? Would you believe? Would you say, Lord, if I have to suffer for Jesus, my terminology is not, oh, I have to suffer for Jesus. I get to. I get to. 
And only when you've gone through the fire and you've seen, you know what? I don't get burned. And even if I was to get burned, I got a scar to tell you about my Jesus. Even if there was a scar, even if there is a burn, I've got something to tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you something about my Jesus. Let me tell you something about my Jesus. Oh, you, you want to you talk about that? Let's go there. Let me tell you something about my Jesus. Because he lifts you up. He picks you up. He strengthens you. He empowers you. You realize, wow. Yeah, I've got this joy that this world has no clue. They, have, they can't take it from me because they didn't give it to me. But beyond that, the settledness of knowing who I am in Christ, and that's who you are as well. No matter what you go through, I'm going to give praise and glory to my living God. No matter what I go through, I'm going to continue to praise his name. I'm going to be great, grateful. I'm going to walk with an attitude of gratefulness, giving him praise no matter what. Because he is worth it all. He is worth it all. He's worth all of my praise. He is worth it all. Say he's worth it all. He's worth You are worth it all, Lord. You are worth it all. When Jesus met the woman at the well, he said, give me a drink in John 4, 7. His ask was not to fulfill his need. He didn't really have a need. His ask was not really to fulfill his need. He could have just got water from a rock on his own if he wanted to. He could have went elsewhere. But it was really for her to see her own. His ask was not necessarily because he was so thirsty. Hey, he might have been thirsty. But... The depths of what was really happening here was not that Jesus had a need that this woman fulfilled, but it was that this woman had a need that Jesus fulfilled. Amen? And we have a need that Jesus, only Jesus, can fulfill, and that is in the Son, Jesus Christ. So he is asking you to come and to sit by my well, his well, my well of salvation, and drink from me, saith the Lord. When he asks you for a drink, what are you going to give him? Think about that. We're all, we're all thinking about when we drink. But what about when he asks you for a drink? What are you going to give him? What you give him back in prayer will represent what you have been taken through through the days, through the weeks, and through the years. What you give him back in prayer is going to represent a life that's truly learned how to be laid down and surrendered. What you give him back in prayer. Are we all following? You guys understand what I'm saying? Not, Lord, I want this. I want my way. How come? How come? How come? I'm mad. It needs to move way beyond that. Say, way let's take a big old leap it's got to move way beyond that you know how where we live in our day and hour we you can't have that we have got to surrender it all and say you know what jesus cause me to be ready like we need to be ready the bride needs to be ready and we're the bride but jesus is coming back true for a pure and spotless bride and he says i want you to be ready ridding self of self and being filled with his purity, his holiness, his father, I trust you no matter what. Believing all along, God is my healer, God is my deliverer, God is my savior, but I'm trusting you the whole way through. 
The Bible says in Psalm 1-3, again, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season and whoever's, who, whose leaf does not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Hallelujah. John 4-23, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Say, I'm a true worshiper and I worship the Father. In spirit. Thank you so much for listening to Apostolic Fire. We invite you to visit our website at www.kathycopola.org and check out the resources and tools to ignite the fire of God in your life. While you're at the website, don't forget to sign up for our weekly email list and stay up to date with all that the Lord is doing at Kathy Coppola International Ministries. Follow us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please be sure to share this podcast with your friends. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Tune in next week for the next episode of Apostolic Fire.